0: All, all that have come out this morning to worship and worship God and, and uh, learn a little more about Him. Uh, to those on Facebook Live, want to say uh, welcome and hope you really like this sermon. I, I just talked to—he uh, said, call him uh, John, uh, Dr. Jake, but he said he didn't have. That can't play basketball. Uh, A few announcements. see uh, BJ Logue for exact details for any updates and please join BJ Saturday July 25th for our first craft day. Volunteers are needed in the event Amy needs help in the nursery. Amy asks that those who wish to be listed call Stacy in the church office. And uh, Any announcements that need to be made on Sundays should be turned into the office by Thursday. And that's just so we, we can get them, uh, you know, get the announcements uh, so nobody will uh, be left out. And if I uh, missed anything this morning, other announcements uh, are in the bulletin. And we just got a new couple walked in. Uh, I think their last name He said, that's not them, Uh, but we're so glad to see Brother John and Miss Judy back in our church. He was our team. Would somebody else please volunteer to do these announcements? That's just messed up. Y'all laughing. Here's your sign. Okay, uh, we're going to open with prayer.
1: You can turn it two clicks, and if you start the you can listen to 3 a.m. channel in Dallas. I don't know why I'm telling you that. It's just, it's just amazing to me. I, I, I greet you, though. I greet you from the throes of the great pandemic of 2020 and the many forms of the American crisis. Our world is in such a flux, and it's interesting, isn't it? You can call your cousin who lives in California, and, and they're going through it, too. Or you say, well, my son's wife is from Brazil, and her grandparents have COVID-19? But wait a minute. We've, we've got that here. really That, is that? that is how, how do you do that? How do you do that? But here we are. Well, let me say it this way. We are here. There's so many things that make us worried and fearful and stressed, but I believe, beloved, that this this is a t- with the love of God can be welcomed into hearts that are prepared and ready. And, and, and God is not absent. And, and, and we're not where we want to be yet. You see, it's easy to be a Christian. Easy. Who paid it off? Who paid for it? Jesus paid it off. So it's free for us. I'm going to be a Christian. Great. That's the easiest thing you'll ever do. I'm, I'm serious. That is the easiest thing you'll ever do is be a Christian invite Jesus into my heart. I'm going to be a Christian. Now, from then on, you have a pandemic and whatever else that we have. So I think you see what I'm saying. So then you have to say to yourself, okay, it's easy to become a Christian. God says, God so loved the world that He gave His begotten only begotten Son, that whosoever. Okay, count me in the whosoever. Come now what? Well, Welcome to the pandemic. I think you see what I'm getting at easy to do one thing, it's hard to do another. So, I, But, I, but as, as, a, as a follower of Jesus, as a pastor of the church, as, 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 a, as, a, as a person who comes into contact with people and calls himself a follower of Jesus, I just have to think. There's a reason for that. And I think there will be believers during this time who will rise, who will step up. Because if the world doesn't get its leadership, Word little more than a reflection of what we are on the inside. My first scripture reference is Matthew 12, verse 34. It starts out by saying, Jesus said. To me, i excuse me, but when the Bible says Jesus said, I, I want to look at that. Jesus said. Now, I want, want you to know this. He's speaking to the religious leaders of his day. Does everybody know the name Jesus? The Son of God, the King of kings, God reduced, confined, limited, If I don't do this, it might be more hard for you. So I'm going to make it easy, I'm just going to come down there and tell you everything. So he came. We called his name Jesus. So Jesus is speaking to the religious leadership of his day. You would think, they'd say, man, we're so glad to have you. Listen, how long can you stay? But he's saying to the religious leaders, what, what's happening is what I'm about to read to you is they pushed him. And you know what he did? He pushed back. That's the Lord Jesus. But he did it out of love and affection. Listen to what he says to me. These, these are the leaders. If you've ever been to the Holy Land, you know it's a world of religion. I mean, sadly, it should be the greatest, holiest, most euphoric land geography in the world. But it's a place of hate. And it's heartbreaking. Well, we get to see some of this here, the religious leadership of his day. Here's what he said to them. You brood of snakes. Brood is the word it means. This to my family, you family of snakes. Why didn't he say you family of troublemakers? You family of really mean people. But he didn't. He called them a bunch of snakes. They're the leaders. People look to them and he says, You family of snakes. Why did he say that? What does it mean? How could evil men like you, and I, and I think I told you Matthew 12, verse 34? If you forgot it's Matthew 12, verse 34. This is evil men like you. What a thing to say to somebody. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is implied in the question. In other words, they can't. Because they're evil. So they can't speak what is good and right. in your heart, the real you are calling. And sometimes God gives us a glimpse into the real us who we really are. Whatever is in your heart, you promise what you say. I want you to see the relationship between the heart. is going Know what this says, and we should know what it means. I'm in James chapter 1, verse 26. James is the brother of the Lord Jesus. If anybody knew the Lord Jesus from, from their whole life, it was James. Same mother, different fathers. James says this If you, John Jenkins, if you claim to be religious, now, beloved, I think everybody in this room claims to be religious, or we wouldn't be in church on a If you claim to be religious, why else would you be there? But you don't control your tongue? Did he just give us a litmus test? If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, what did you say? You're just fooling yourself. You're role-playing. That's not authentic. And your religion that you're so proud of is worthless. So basically what he's saying is if you can't control your tongue, you're worthless. We have to take that seriously. We are God's children. He would never lead us astray. He would never attempt to confuse us. It's black print on white paper. If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, he's not saying you have to be perfect. But we have to control our tongue. We're not through with James yet. He knows it's not enough. You don't control your tongue. He says you're just doing it yourself. He says you're just trying to impress people because your religion is. You know, it's, it's ironic, but some people say things today that are truly wicked, and they say them because they're a Christian. James chapter 3, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways, James says. Not, not perfect. We all stumble in many ways, but he who is without fault in what he says. you make many mistakes, but if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. We could control ourselves in everything. To that. James chapter 3, verse 2. We all make mistakes but if we can control what we say, we are the perfect man. And we can control all of our body. That's power. Words have power. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Listen to this. The tongue can bring life or death. That's power. The tongue can bring, bring death or life. Proverbs 18, 21. Those who love to talk of 1727. A truly wise person. Now he's talking about me again. Okay. A truly wise person uses few words. I do. I do. Let's reread that one. A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought wise. Someone say, Can I be honest with you? Have you ever heard someone come up to you? They say, May I speak freely? Sometimes maybe you've heard somebody say this. Can I be brutally honest? I've got to ask you something, folks. Who wants to be brutalized by honesty? But we hear those words and we think, you are so diplomatic. You are so let Please. Secondly, to speak freely. May I speak freely? That means to speak at no cost. Right? It means to speak with no penalty. Learn one thing. I need to keep my mouth shut a little bit more frequently than I already have. Three lies about about words. Number one, you have the right to free speech. No, you don't. Oh, I know the First Amendment to the Constitution guarantees freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom of assembly and, and freedom of the press. We've got that. We understand that. We're for that. We believe in that. That simply means the government cannot coerce me or you to say something, they cannot coerce not say something. This all started with the draft. The government drafting men into the arm of it. That's where it started, a long, long time ago. Let's amend the Constitution to guarantee that somebody says, I don't believe in the draft. then they can say it. We're not going to put him in jail because they're against the government thing. That's okay. They can speak. But there are limits to what we call free speech. Free speaking with no charge. Speaking with no penalty give you a little bit of history. Oliver Wendell Holmes was a Supreme Court judge. He was Chief Justice in 1930. And if anybody defended the right to free speech, historically, Oliver Wendell Holmes did. But here's what he said. And again, the pandemic is, is, is so helpful. It's giving us a context. Chief Justice in 1930, Oliver Wendell Holmes said, The most stringent protection of free speech, which I'm for. I want to protect you. The most stringent protection of free speech would not protect a man falsely shouting fire in a theater and causing a panic. Holmes is saying, you can't endanger people. You can't just say anything and act like it's okay. Okay. Say anything and thinking your words are free and have no consequences. He's saying, if you were to come before me after you have yelled fire in a public theater and people were injured, I'd put you in jail. That's what he's saying. Words have consequences. You see, our adversary, the devil, he wants you and me to think that words don't matter. It's no big deal. I mean, there's, there's no consequences. Just say it. I mean, words will ultimately disappear like a vapor. Or even worse, the devil wants us to think that no matter what you say, people will pat you on the back and say, "Man, you are the smartest. You're so great. You should be a politician. Don't rise up and call you blessed. See, he wants you to think that. So again, words have first time I heard somebody say that, I went, really? Anyway, Psalm 39, verse 1, I said to myself, this is King David. He's already conquered all the neighbors. secure. Everybody has food, clothing, shelter. I love David. He's handsome, great guy. Look at us now. He's got David. He said, I said to myself, I will walk. For uh, for him and for us, it's easier to hold my tongue when there's no ungodly people around me. Maybe I'm in the library working on a term paper and there's nobody in there and you're supposed to be quiet anyway. I can do that. no, you shouldn't say it. But this is not easy. I mean, but you're Christian people. We're Christ followers. We're Jesus followers. Somebody needs to lead today. And I honestly believe it falls to us. But it's not easy. If it were easy, we wouldn't have. David says, Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. You see, he realized as, as, as a man, as a believer, as a king, he's saying, you know what, the, the quickest way to get into trouble, the quickest way to create confusion, the quickest way to just have... You can say anything. You can say anything as long as you're kidding. Right? You can say, oh, I'm just fun i just messing with you. You can say anything. People know when you're kidding. They know when you're sarcastic. They know when you're facetious. People know that. Or, or somebody might say, yeah, I don't think should Oh, they know I'm kidding. Proverbs 26, verse 18. Proverbs, again, back the king Solomon. Proverbs 26, verse 18. Listen to this. Just as damaging. Is a madman shooting a deadly weapon. Just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon is someone who lies What you say mouth is a reflection of who you really are. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Verse 35. A good person produces good things from the treasury, the treasure chest. A good person produces good things from the treasure chest of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. This is important. Look at this. He says, and I tell you this, you must give an account. And to give an account means I get to tell my side. Right? I get to tell my side of the story. You will give an account. Jesus is saying this. You'll give an account on Judgment Day. So he just taught me two things. I will give an account, and there will be a Judgment Day. I wish I could tell you something different, it. I wish I could say, don't worry about it. We will give an account on judgment day for every... Verse five and six. James chapter three, verse five and six. You say, Well, I'm not ready for that. Well, you're still allowed. Do something about it. That's all I can do every day. Do something about it. James 3, verse 5 and 6. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But that's an asset. Your tongue can make grand speeches. A little of anything like long tongue room can say great things. It's great speeches. But conjunction of contrast, but a tiny spark, a tiny little spark, can set a great forest on fire. If you've ever seen a forest fire, you can you can see this. This is the way it happens. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. So say, you know, that's true. I've seen brush so dry, you could get a hot breath on it. world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. Oh, it can set your whole life on fire. Think about this: vegan. Your tongue is more powerful than your diet. That was funny. I just thought that up, but it's true. It's a whole world of wickedness and corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Again, the point is, words have power. Let me change the mood a little bit. Fire burns, but but fire can also cauterize. Fire can also purify. Boil that water. Words can... Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They, they had told them that it's beautiful and the people are happy and there's mountains and hills and it's just, it's just a happy place. go to Gatlinburg, everybody loves Gatlinburg. So they did. And so they get there and they spend the night, they get up the next morning and, and they go to the local coffee shop and they're going to have some breakfast. They're talking to each other about what a nice time they're having, this is so peace it's so beautiful it's so nice. And as they see the front door, an, an elderly gentleman, not unlike myself, an elderly gentleman walks in. He's Yeah, Up through the front door. See that, see that hill right there? Years ago, not very far from the bottom of that hill, a little boy was born to a number mother. He said, I'll tell you what, that little boy had some struggles. He said, as he got older, it seemed like it, no matter where he went, people would say, hey boy, who's your daddy? I can remember that as a child growing up and watching I had hey, who's your daddy? You tell him who your daddy was, and say, well, you know that. You've you got that. Who's your daddy? Well, that There were times this old man was telling him, he said, that little boy, he wouldn't even go to recess sometimes, he wouldn't go to the grocery store. His mama said, we've got to go to the. every Sunday and they come in late. I'm just going to, you know, hold the back and just watch the door. And sure enough, the preacher stops and goes, hey, young man, I'm so glad you came to church today. I'm John Jenkins. I'm the new preacher, whatever it might be. Who's your daddy? boy said, it changed his life. He said, I, a smile came on his face like he hadn't had in a long, long time. And sure enough, people would ask him, who's your daddy? He'd say, I'm a child of God. It changed his life. Isn't that a great story? written a seminary professor in his life looked and his wife. He yeah. Said, That's a great story. That's a great story. He goes, okay, well, we're sure glad to have you. Glad you came in to see us. He kind of stands up turns like he's about to leave. and goes, Father." Oh, Thank you. a Okay.